0: have an absolutely amazing video for you today. I always say that, folks, but this one really is the case. Uh, this is Tony. hope you're all doing well. Actually, this is really astounding. I learned, I discovered something absolutely fascinating last night. It has to do with a number of topics all in one. Genghis Khan, the Great Wall of China, Alexander the Great, uh, the Kingdom of, you know, Terturia, uh has to do with uh, uh, America. It has to do with a lot of things actually uh and these are from history books i'm going to be literally just referencing history books the history that alexander the great wrote for example okay i'm going to be referencing that okay that's one of the books there's actually another one it's a history history book as well i'm just referencing books okay and it's encyclopedia britannica i'm going to reference the encyclopedia britannica okay I mean, for people that think this stuff is all legends and lore and, uh, you know, theories and things like that. It's kind of amazing how, like, when I go actually open up history books from the past, it says things differently than what they say, of course, happened in today's history books. It's really strange like that. Kind of weird, you know? Like, you go look on Google. You go look on... Uh, you know, Bing or whatever, type in who built the Great Wall of China and you'll get a certain answer. It'll tell you who built it or it'll tell you that, uh, Quinn Shi Huang in 220 BC built it according to, uh, this is, as you can see here in this entry, this is on National Geographic, right? Okay. Well, it's not fully, it is true. It's true. But it's not actually the entirety of it. Well, Alexander the Great would beg to differ. Alexander the Great would tell you a little bit different than that. He would tell you that he actually built it. (laughs) Right? Well, actually, not technically. He said he built it up more. So actually, someone built it before Alexander the Great. There was a... And I forgot what he called it. He said essentially it was kind of like a wall. I I don't think he used the word wall. He used some other word. But he said it was basically smaller. There was some sort of wall that wasn't very formidable there before he even got to it. And of course, Alexander the Great lived in the 300s, not the 200s BC. When did he live exactly? Alexander the Great. It's hilarious. Okay, let me show you this. So yeah, he lived in 336 BC, right? The histories of Alexander the Great tell you that he actually helped build the Great Wall of China. And it's in the Encyclopedia Britannica as well. But for some reason today, they don't tell you anything about that. Nothing. Zero. No, zilch. Nada. Kind of weird. Well, well, I already talked covered that over my main channel. We're, we're going to be getting into some other stuff here because I talked for like 28 minutes. And I didn't even get into half the stuff over there. So... I didn't even get into America or anything like I like barely got started at any rate. So this was, I started off talking about Teteria. I found this wonderful map of Teteria. I have to show it a little bit different so you can actually see it. There you go. You can see the word Teteria there, right? There it is. And we actually know where the 10 lost, of course, tribes are, by the way, according to Alexander the Great. According to these maps, they tell you exactly where they lived, who they were, what they did. But for some reason, they were erased, you know, from, of course, history. It's kind of weird. Why would they do that? Why don't they want you to know about them? Why don't they want you to know? Why, why wouldn't they want you to know about them? Okay, let me show you this. Uh, I covered it partially over on my other channel. Okay, I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to get into that. So let's do that real quick. Okay, is this it? They lived in the area of near the belt. And this is interesting. Okay, so apparently if you go look on Google, you will not find this. If you type in Belgian mountains, you'll get Belgium. Okay, this is not where this is at. This is some other mountain range, apparently, according to all these maps, which seeming according to Alexander the Great as well, by the way, He references the Belgian mountains. But for some reason, you can't find them anymore in this area. Uh, They just reference to Belgium instead. This is not Belgium. This is completely on the east, northeast uh, area. And I'll I'll show you as we go along where, where we're at. Okay, so you can see here, it says the word Belgian, this mountain range here. Okay. And you'll see it on all these maps. They all have this. Okay, Um, you can see here, Tartaria, here, right? Um, Actually, let me show you a different map that shows the Belgian. Uh, I showed it on the other video. Is it this one? No, that's not it. Uh, Is it this one here? Nope. Too many windows, like usual. we got too many windows. Actually, maybe it was the first thing I, I clicked on. Was it this one? Yeah, here it is. Uh, right there. You can see it right there. Belgium. The firm is talking about this mountain range here. Now, this is clearly not Belgium. Belgium's way over here somewhere, okay? This is Armenia right here. Okay, this is Armenia. And from what I can tell, I I, I went through this map and showed some of it on uh, the other video. And you can kind of understand where some places are. You got Armenia, Serbian, right? This is Tagalistan, which... This is where all the stands are. You got Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan. It's probably one of those. Okay, there's a bunch of stands. Okay, so it's probably one of those. It's in the right area too. It literally is in the right area. Underneath this is China. Okay. Um, And so this is it somewhere. uh, This is either a northern east border of China or it's in uh, Ruslan territory or Russia. Right, I don't know. But we can reference a few things. We know this is the area above Japan right here. This is what this is. And Japan is very well known. Uh, Alexander the Great talks about it and everything. So if you look at this, uh, you know, and this is of course expanded out and spread out unlike the maps we were just looking at. This is really wide and spread out. It's much bigger than it actually is. As you can see here, you got the stands. So that was that area. You got of course over here, way down here somewhere Where is it at? Armenia, as you can see, Georgia, Azerbaijan. So that was that part of the map. And you can see here, if you zoom out, you got Japan and you got that little area right here. This is, you got here, Korea. You got here, Northern part of China. So again, where is this Tartaria that we were looking at? It's probably up in the above China, somewhere in here. Is there a mountain range in here? So these mountain ranges right here might be what it was referring to. I don't know. Or it could be these mountain ranges right here. It's probably, if I had to guess, it's probably this mountain range here. I don't know for sure. What are these called? I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time looking around it. Oh, wow. What's this? Belichan. That looks similar. That looks similar as a word. It could be that right there, actually. It could be that. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's really difficult to say because the maps are so different now than they were back then. Uh, but the Tateria, if you look at the map, it's a very large area. And it includes America, by the way, on some of these maps. Grand Grande, Grande Tateria. You see this? You got here China, India. China, of course, is bigger now. You got Japan, right? So they know about Japan way back then. You got China. Look how small China is. China's probably more like this now, okay? You got Korea's in here, uh, you got India, you got Arabia, right? And this is where we saw the stands. So it's obviously in Russia more so, not rocket science. But um, and this is a 1754 map of Asia by Jean 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 Paliaret Paliaret, however you say it. I don't know how to speak French so folks. I'm sorry, but I don't know. I don't know French. I know. I don't know French at all. At any rate. So let's get into this. You see kind of what we're getting at. I'm going to talk about the America one in this one and stuff like that. Some of the things about America with regards to Tateria as we get along. First, though, I got to mention, uh, it, we, we have a game that we've been developing for two years, uh, Noah VR. And actually, we're about halfway done with it. But what we're trying to do here is we're trying to do a Kickstarter through Go, of course, Go, to essentially try to finish it faster. So it's t- taken us two years to get about halfway done. And we want to finish it in a year, not like another two years, obviously. So what we're doing right now is, and actually we have some pretty big backers that want to jump on board already. We have about three or four people that seem like they probably are going to jump on board. We're talking about guys that are multimillionaires that potentially could jump on, all right? But before we get those guys on board... We wanted to offer it to you guys, so that you guys could get in on the ground floor and help bring on some more uh, developers. And when we say de- developers, we're talking top level programmers that work on top level games right now. Guys that worked on Call of Duty. We have we're talking about guys that volunteered to work for us. They're like, we want to come on board, but you know we have to pay. We have a family. We got to be able to pay bills and all that kind of stuff. We have like about six or seven of these guys that have worked on like top-level games, Call of Duty, Transformers, okay? And there's another game, and I can't remember the name of it for some reason, and it's super popular, uh, where you're essentially like a thief in the game, the video game. And one of, one of the recent episodes of it, you're working for the Vatican or something. Um, and I can't remember the game's name. I can never remember it. But it's actually as popular as Call of Duty. I just can't remember the name of it. But Call of Duty Transformers and uh, other games that are in this realm that are very huge uh, these guys have worked on all these games and we want to bring them on board so we can finish this game much much faster so we can get it out the door and selling and so that we can you know start a huge genre of games. And we're talking like this game is gonna be like Indiana Jones folks. If you've ever seen that movie, it's gonna be like Indiana Jones. no joke. I mean it's super awesome. It's got giants in it it's got dinosaurs in it it's got everything in it folks okay it's it's awesome you got you got them chasing you around you got like you gotta solve puzzles like you're in like some temple and you're trying to solve it and all this kind of stuff and actually the initial version is gonna be completely in VR where you use oculus but actually we're gonna also make just a normal one where you can play it on the TV just like you do with other games for PlayStation Xbox. We're gonna first have it in VR, then we're gonna port it over into a normal game, which is pretty easy from what according to our top-level programmer that we're Justin that's working on right now. We're gonna be doing all this stuff. And you guys can come on board and actually make money on this too if you want, or you can just get a copy of the game, or you can get your name name in the game itself. We have a lot of options available. You can get your name carved into a stone in the game for $225. You can get your name in the credits. Uh, for $25, you can get yourself a personal uh, T-shirt. You can get yourself a copy of the game and a shirt for $58. You can get share in the profits. And this is huge, folks. Because $400 in, you can get a share of the profits. And when I say profits, I, I'm not saying we don't know exactly what this game will make. Okay, we don't know. But just to give you an idea, if it was a home run, you're, you could make $200 million in one year. That's what a home run game in this realm can do 200 million. And we're talking games that were indie games, just like this. There's games that are indie games, just like this, that because of all the the technology, we have steam, we have all these different origin, all these different platforms. Now you can easily port a game into and have a huge audience immediately. Right? So we could be selling us on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and this game could make, it could make millions. And if you're just one of the few that puts 400 in, you could easily quadruple, tenfold, twentyfold, maybe even a hundredfold your money on this game. We don't know what it will be, but it's going to be probably a lot more than 400 if you put 400 in. So let's just put it that way very easily because we have lots of talk. We went, uh, we had some guys go to a gaming convention and there's people coming up to them saying, you know, talking about this. They know about our game from word of mouth, like programmers, programmers in the industry have heard about our game and are talking about it and are excited about it. So that should just give you a, an idea, the, the level of this game at any rate. So link is in the description if you wanna get involved. Also of course, Food Supply, 25 Year Shelf Life, link is in the description for that as well. Uh, they have a number of packages available, go check it, link is in the description for that as well. Also of course, my website, GR Videos. If you like this video about Toteria. I'm going to put it like i said the third part three over on this on my website grvideos.com link is in the description and lots of my videos tie together this video here will be related this video here will be related even though it's not about what i'm talking about here directly it is related i actually have a lot of videos that are sort of related to each other on this um here's another one this one's actually related somewhat uh this one's related Right here, okay. A lot of these videos are actually kind of related. This one's related. A lot of these videos are related. They they sort of offshoots into different directions on these topics. And this one, what I'm talking about today, is brand new stuff. Okay, this is stuff I've never talked about before. At any rate, it has to do with Genghis Khan. Alexander the Great mentions Genghis Khan in his writings, in his histories, and in his histories. And what's amazing about these histories, uh, okay. You've heard of Steve, of course, Quayle, right? He had a lot of these books, a lot of these books. And actually, I've referenced some of his work, some of his books that he had. These history books from the Spanish conquistadors from the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. He apparently had numerous books like this that he spent a lot of money on. And mysteriously, they're now gone. When he wasn't home, someone just somehow mysteriously made his house go up in of course, flames, folks. And all those books are gone. Isn't that strange? That's kind of strange, isn't it? I've, I've referenced some of those books in the past. Some of the things that were written in those books. These, these are history books. We're not talking about... Uh, we're talking history. Actual history books from the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. And what they said in them is not what they tell you today. Today, they don't tell you about giants. They don't tell you about dragons. They don't tell you about Teteria. They don't tell you about any of this stuff. None of this stuff today. And today, what do they tell you? Well, uh, if you look at, of course, things like Wikipedia, it tells you that this place is just merely Asia. It was not an ethnic people. It wasn't a kingdom, according to Wikipedia. But actually, if you look at actual historical books... Unlike Wikipedia, ones that were actually printed, you put on your bookshelf, even in the Encyclopedia Britannica, they tell you that it was an ethnic people. Alexander the Great tells you it was an ethnic people. And that's what I was covering in detail over on my other web video on my main channel. And just to, real quick, I'll just tell you, here's here's a, from, from a section of it, okay? of one of the books. King of Tatari, was fallen upon the city of Pequin with a great army as like has never been seen since Adam's time in this army, according to the report, seven and 20, 27 kings under whom matched 1,800,000 men, whereof 600,000 were on horse. Uh, and then it talks about also they used rhinos uh, to pull wagons. Four score thousand rhinos that drew wagons that had all their baggage. Okay, this is Alex. I think this is, yeah, this is Alexander the Great's writing here. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, here's the same thing. This is actually a different section of it. Uh, A Tatarat commander enters with his army into the town of Quinlay, chapter 38. Okay, so there, and that's how they used to do chapters back in the 1800s, 1700s. They would use the Roman numerals. But as you can see here on these maps, you can see here Tateria. down here is Japan. Let me see if I can get it better. We have another history book talking about this as well. Purchases Pilgrims in five books, talking about voyages and philosophers and just everything in history. And in this book, it talks about the kingdom of Cathay in diverse provinces of Asia, first inhabitants of the Tartars. And Genghis, Genghis Khan is talking about here, Genghis or Genghis in his beginnings. It's talking about Genghis Khan right there. Okay. And uh, so what does it say here? Let me get into that. Um, It says that essentially they're the greatest. Okay. The kingdom of Cathay is the greatest that is which found in the world is replenished with people of infinite riches it talks about where they're at and everything. And it says they're very brilliant. They're very intelligent, like the Japanese. Okay. The kingdom of Cathay. And I'll show you that. Um, is, yeah, here we go. On this map, it shows it right here. Cathaya. Right. This is in Tartaria. As you can see here, Tartaria. Over here. Where does it show it on here? I know it shows it on here as well. I've seen it before. Where is it at? Uh, I think it's in here, actually. Let's see if I can zoom in on it and see it better. Um, yeah, here's that town they were talking about, Quinlay. Here's the Quinlay town that I just read. Okay. Look, it uses the word Asia and Europe. And this is still a map of Tatari. Where is it at cathay's on here somewhere uh I, I can't see it for some reason i don't know why i can't see it okay so now this is really interesting okay so here's okay where am i looking at here Asareth and argon right and these are the belgian mountains that i was talking about on my other video and let me show you something here. I'm going to show you something. I'm trying to find what I was trying to show there. So, okay. Where is that one section that I was going to show you? Is this it? Give me one second here. I'm trying to understand what I'm trying to show. Yeah, here we go. It's, this is hard to read. Okay, it's just hard to read. You see the word tribus here? 10 tribus, you see that? 10 tribus, this is the 10 lost, of course, tribes it's referring to. And there's another map that shows it even more clearly. That's in another language, so it's a little hard to read. Uh, Let me see if I can find the one that's like very clear that says it. Uh, Where is that at? Just give me a second. Is it here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, this one actually shows you what the, the, the belief systems of the people in that area are. Okay, so if you look at this, it says there are many Christians. And then here it says some, some. And this area is the same area that is over here that says the 10 tribes. Now, there's another map that makes it very clear. It's the lost, of course, tribes. Okay, the 10 lost, you know, tribes. Let me go find that. Uh where was that at i got so many windows open just give me a second here is it this one no that's not it i know it's around here somewhere where are you at one of these is so obvious it's like obvious and just says it blatantly like super easy and i what does that say? That looks interesting. This is 10 up there. That one says 10 also. Uh, that's not it though. That's not what I was going to show you. Where are you at, man? I know I got it around here somewhere. Oh, I hate when this happens. I had it open. I thought I had everything open perfectly so I could show you all. And then I like, I lose it. Where are you at, dude? One second here. I'm gonna. I'll find it. Come on, where are you at, dude? Is it this map? This shows Cathay. This is the Cathay I was talking about. This is what he was said was a very rich. This is the part where the ten try you know tribes are. Um, that's another map. Uh, give me a second here. Where did it go? Come on, this is ridiculous. I don't know how I managed to lose stuff like this. So so obviously, um. Well, I mean, you can read it there. It's just in another language. Ten tribus. You see that? There was another one that made it very obvious. I just can't find it for some reason. I don't know where it went. It's, I don't know why that always happens whenever I'm trying to make a video. I lose something like that. It's like super important. <laughs> but at any rate, let me just show you this. This is in 2nd Astrus. I think also one of these history books talks about it. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I think it says it here too. So let me show you this. Um, I think it says it here as well. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. In the kingdom of Tarsa, are three provinces whose rulers are called kings. The men of that country are called Jogor. They have always worshipped idols, yet do accept the ten kindreds of those kings, who by guiding of a star came to worship the nativity in Bethlehem, you know, Judah, and there are yet found many great noble among the Tartarians of that race who hold firmly to this faith. Uh, okay, so that was how I showed you that there were in that area. It showed that there are many believers, as you can see right there. This is what it's referring to. Okay. Now, there's a, there's more than this, too. Um, okay. We have 2nd Esdras, and it says here, these 10, of course, tribes were taken away in the time of King Hoshea King Shalmaneser of Syria uh, no, of Syria, uh, captured them and deported them to a foreign land east of the Euphrates River. Okay, so this is where they were sent to, right? These 10, of course, tribes, right? Now, where's the Euphrates? The Euphrates is right here. Where's east? In this direction. And according to these maps, they're over in this area somewhere. Somewhere in this area is where these tribes were sent and they were very wealthy and rich. They were part of Teteria. And again, like I said, I had a map. It showed it like super obvious. uh, And I don't have it open for some reason now (laughs) because I got like 50 windows open. Um, And as you can see here, it says the 10 kindreds uh, in this one. And let's see if I can find, maybe I do have it open around here somewhere. Uh, This is a, a different thing. Let me. I'll have to get into that too. Wow, I just somehow managed to close it or something. Yeah, this is the one that shows that actually America was part of Tateria as well. See the yellow highlight around America and the yellow highlight around Teteria here? It's because they were part of, it, one, of one of the same. And it makes sense if you think about it. If you look at the map, see Tateria was here, right? And look where it connects to. It almost connects to Alaska. So they were in here as well. And this is, and of course I've shown videos of buildings in America that clearly existed well before the settlers came. I've shown that before. Uh, Like for example, these are just like, this is New York. Okay. These are like buildings that were there for a long period of time. This is not, this is, uh, what is this? Is this Dresden? I think this is Dresden in Germany right there uh what is that i'm trying to remember i think that's somewhere in europe too um but you got finland right here this is in france this is uh, uh what is this called uh uh saint michael or michael saint michael island or something like that i can't remember exactly uh then, of course, you have this building. This was in Chicago, or back then it was called Chicago. Um, right here, let me show you that. As you can see, very large building. Pretty much the largest building ever created, or one of the largest ever created. Could house 300,000 people. Here's just looking from one half view. I've shown this before. This is only one half view of it. This is from one half. One, from the middle, this is like the middle. Look into one side. This isn't the entire building. Okay, you can see how many people are there, right? <laughs> Just a few people. Just a few people, and this is only half the building. So it said that it could hold three hundred thousand people. That was in Chicago. That was before we had. That was horse and buggy time. This is horse and buggy time, Chicago. They didn't have. They didn't have uh, cranes. They didn't have. Uh, any advanced tools, they didn't even have assembly lines. They had nothing back then. This is the 1800s timeframe, okay? How did they build this with horse and buggy, okay? This was something that already existed there, I believe, beforehand. And of course, I talked about, there's all these buildings that were just absolutely magnificent that they tore down in America. And they claim that they built them out of, of like... uh Clay and uh, plaster, and yet they had multiple floors, and people were standing on the multiple floors, and you even have pictures from the higher levels. If it was made out of plaster and it could hold three hundred, could you could you hold, could you make anything out of plaster that could hold three hundred thousand people? No, we can't even build buildings today out of concrete and metal that can hold three hundred thousand people. How did they build that out of plaster? They, there's no way they built that out of plaster. That's what they tell us. They tell us all these buildings from those time frames they tell us were built out of plaster right? It makes literally no sense. So this is the architects of Chilcaga or Chicago. You go through here, all the beautiful buildings they took down, all they had was pretty much shacks. They were like living in shacks while they had these absolutely astounding buildings all on the shoreline. And then they they, they had the world fairs and then they tore them all down. It makes literally no sense. Why wouldn't you keep these magnificent buildings? It's like building a Disney world and tearing it down after two years. Does that make any sense? Oh, okay. We're going to build a Disney world. We're going to have everybody come here. And then after two years, we're just going to get rid of it. doesn't even make any sense. It makes money. Why would you do that? It makes literally no no sense at all. Okay. So, of course, the people behind the world fairs, the guy who was head of it, his name was John Root. Most every famous person you know of today, business-wise, that are in the GOV, that are just famous Hollywood actors, are related to John Root, okay? Rand McDowell is related to him, Charles Schwab, J.P. Morgan was related to him, those names sound familiar, there's some banks that go after that name, Uh, a lot of the, the former, of course, Prez were related to him, and actually, this guy didn't even show hardly any of them, Here's a couple names. This is this guy's name. Look familiar. Roosevelt there. Look a little familiar. Charles Darwin. Does that sound familiar? Heard of that guy before? <laughs> the Magna Carta was uh, related. Okay. Like all these people were related. And actually I looked it up and it was way more than this guy wrote down. There's like a ton of Hollywood actors. I think Richard Gere was one of them. There's like a ton of Hollywood actors that are related to this, this John Root. So, I find it hilarious how these people are all related to this one guy, this one guy who is over essentially the world fairs. And of course they tell you that this nation doesn't exist. As you can see here, this Teteria never existed, even though, and I don't think I even read it here. There's, I I can read some stuff that makes it very obvious. Well, I did. I read about the king of Teteria, right? I read that part. That makes it very obvious that uh, it was a kingdom. Uh, where was that at? Uh, I got literally a million windows open. Here we go. A Tartaric commander, uh, right down here. It says king of Tatari, right. So there was one king over twenty-seven kings, apparently, and they brought their huge army over there. Like I said, and this is in Alexander the Great's works. And again, I as I mentioned, so you have. Uh, I wish I could really find that one image that just makes it so obvious about, uh, let me try it this way. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to. Okay, maybe I can do it real quick. Let's just try this. Um, let's see if this will do it. Let's see if I can get lucky, folks. Let's see if I can get lucky. I don't know if I can. I don't think so. I really wish I had that open. I don't know why I closed that or whatever I did there. Let's see. Maybe he says it here somewhere. Uh, I think he only showed it for a millisecond. Maybe that's why it, I, I can't find it. Okay, here we go. Maybe this is it. Um. No, that's not it. can't even read that. It's so small. Nope, that's not it either. Come on, where you at, dude? Nope. That's unfortunate, man. I can't find it. Um, Oh, well, I guess I can't find it. So I guess we'll have to move on here, folks. At any rate, also what's really interesting about this with Alexander the Great. So I mentioned about his writings here, the writings of Alexander the great and how he said that Teteria was north of the great wall of China. And let's see if I can just pull this up. I got so many windows open. I oh, was just use this article here. Gog. And of course, Magog, this is Alexander the great. That's talking about this in his book. Okay. In his writings, he talks about this and <clears throat> he talks about that he actually helped finish off the Great Wall of China. All right, let me see if I can... It was in the Histories of Alexander. Right, here we go. Let me show you Encyclopedia Britannica real quick. Let's get it on the screen, show it. Encyclopedia Britannica. Again, just like my other videos... Britannica always seems to have these things in it, but you won't find it in any modern stuff. So as you can see here, Alexander's Gate, that's the Great Wall of China. It was called Alexander's Gate. Magog was that of Alexander's Gate, said to have been built by Alexander the Great to imprison these uncivilized people until the end, of course, of time. Medieval legends of the Antiwan and the last emperor of Gog and, of course, Magog. So this is something written in his writings. Okay, and Encyclopedia Britannica talks about it there. So here we go. Of course, does it say it in here? Um, you know, it's just easier just to reference this. Let's just go with this thing here. I don't. I don't want to have to sit here and look around forever. Uh, okay, so what is he saying here? Okay, here. In stories popular among sedentary peoples of southwestern Eurasia, Alexander the Great off peoples living somewhere north. The story appears in writing of Jewish Roman historian Josephus in the first century. So look, he said, they say it's like popular legends and stuff, but then they reference actual historians like Josephus or actual historical works about Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was a world conqueror broadly similar to Genghis Khan. Alexander the Great, unlike Genghis Khan, was from a sedimentary people. The conflict between sedimentary, sed, uh, sedimentary sedentary, <laughs> civilized, and nomadic savage peoples is the underlying structure of the story of Alexander's Wall, having Alexander the Great as a protagonist suggests the sedentary peoples considered the threat from the nomadic peoples to be... You know so you get kind of the idea of what it's saying here right now one second here okay just give me a second i'm just trying to figure out where i'm at here folks okay so let's just look at this a little bit i'm trying to figure out what's going on here um the kingdom of Cathay is the greatest that is to be found in the world is replenished with people of infinite riches being situated on the shore of the ocean the sea in which there are so many islands, the number of which has not been known forever. For never has there been any man that could say they have seen all the islands. Okay, so now let's read over here on this side. Um, okay. Of this kingdom Cathay, it is said it is the beginning of the world because the head thereof of the east and there is not known any other nation to inhabit more easterly thereabouts, on the west it confineth the kingdom of Tarsha, the north, the desert of Belgian, And on the south side are the islands of the ocean aforementioned. In the kingdom of Tarsa there are three provinces. The rulers are also called kings. The men of that country are called Jar. They have always worshipped idols, yet do accept the ten kindreds of those kings who, by the guiding of a star, came to worship the nativity, and Bethnim Judah. And there are yet found many great noble among the Tartarians of that race, which hold firmly the faith. Okay. um, There was something else I was going to show you. It's like I keep missing it. I'm trying to figure it out. Is it here? No, this is not it either. Um, I think I've shown you pretty much everything. I feel like I just didn't put it together the best I could have, folks. I am sorry for that. I feel like I missed some stuff. Um, the fact is, I just, like I said, I wanted to show you the actual historical works. So maybe I'll just have to do a better job on the next video with regards to this. I'm kind of wondering what some of you guys think. Let me know in the comment section below. And thanks for watching.